Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Everybody Fits podcast and this week we have Michael Ujua on and have I got that pronunciation right? Nailed it, nailed it. I was literally sat here before you came on (laughs) thinking I need to nail it, I need to get it right. No, that was perfect. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you've had quite an interesting journey from Mm. where you where you started to where you are now because you started off your career as an occupational therapist didn't you yeah. before yeah I did so yeah my, my original background was occupational therapy I did that for a few years before thinking I don't really enjoy this and I want to do a job that I really love so uh, personal training is supposed to just be a stop gap where I decided what I wanted to do with my life and now this is nearly eight years later, I think I've been personal training for and in the world of personal training, I think that makes me a veteran. So it's, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of me. I, I'm a personal trainer. I only keep, uh, coach people online now. So I work with people all around the world. I'm also a performance nutritionist. So I do a lot of kind of performance nutrition coaching as well as coaching people who are everyday folk just looking to improve their diet as well. So I kind of mix my time between coaching clients creating stupid videos on the internet trying to educate people and then hopefully a few more speaking gigs again now that the world's opening up but yeah that's kind of a really small snapshot of me but I kind of work with everyone I love educating people about nutrition I love making a fool of myself on the internet in an effort to kind of make fitness more accessible and a bit more fun because the fitness industry takes itself far too seriously as I'm sure you guys know and when I first started personal training I was probably typical kind of gym bro-y approach only like doing strength training was in the gym five six days a week doing strength training and thought that people just needed to work harder and um yeah the longer I've been in the fitness industry and worked with some amazing clients who have been quite open and honest with me about my approach and it's just been refined over the years and and now I don't really know what bracket I fit into I don't know if you want to call it kind of body positivity body neutrality whatever camp I sit in I I just want to make people feel better and and break down all the barriers that there are around fitness so I hope that's kind of a nice little snapshot of me anyway that that was been done very very well and very very quickly <laughs> I think this, I don't think you need to put yourself into any kind of camp either I think just that idea of wanting people to feel comfortable and and feel good and I think what you're doing is um well to to be frank everybody knows you through social media you are pretty much becoming this viral sensation some, <laughs> of the, some of the videos that you do I'm like that would literally take me an entire day I think there was one where you did one jumping and you like gradually jumped up and jumped that up. one took forever that did take forever that one yeah yeah <laughs> that, that was crazy but you you just do very to the point mm-hmm. information and I think that's what people need you don't need a lot of jargon and you're very open about the fact mm-hmm. that if you want more information you say people can message you or they can ask you questions mm-hmm. so how how like how did you go from PT and then decide because as a PT we all know we get that very basic nutrition information and then there are the PTs that think they know everything about nutrition because they've done two hours worth of work on it and um, but very um, few of us go out and actively seek that extra knowledge. And when when we do go out and seek it, it tends to be more focused on the body and, and movement as opposed to nutrition, because nutrition mm. is so deep and and heavy to add to another qualification. How did you decide that that was the avenue you wanted to go down? I think I've always been a bit of a research nerd. So I think that that really helped. I'm one of these people that always, I, as soon as I'm doing some form of education, I'm like, I can't wait to finish this. And I never want to do it again, but I'll finish a course. And then two months later, I've signed up to something else. Um, but, but I think initially when it was when I first started training as a personal trainer, I started getting quite unwell. Uh, and I went to my GP multiple times telling them that I really was not well at all. Uh, I got sent for hospital checkups. I had cameras put inside of me, blood tests and everything, only for them to tell me, no, everything's fine, go home, there's no issues. And I was not fine at all. Uh, So I ended up having to do just like Google research basically to find out what was wrong with me. It led me down the path of doing an elimination diet 
which I never recommend anyone does on their own, by the way. Uh, but I did. And I ended up finding that I was uh, intolerant to dairy and eggs. And it just completely blew my mind that the amount of healthcare professionals that I saw and the amount of money it would have cost the NHS and no one thought to look at my diet. <laughs> and it's amazing once you realize how much better you feel when you're fueling your body with the foods that make you feel good and the one and the foods that, that work for you and your lifestyle, it just, it changed my life completely. And that sparked a bit of a love really of nutrition. So I did one nutrition course whilst I was doing my personal training um, qualification, loved it, signed up to another one, loved it, played with the idea of doing a master's in nutrition or performance nutrition, but I don't quite have the time just with the way that my coaching and stuff is set up. Uh, so I recently did a postgraduate diploma in performance nutrition and yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And it's just nutrition. I love it. It's fascinating. And even though I love learning about all the complexities of it so that I know that what I'm doing with my clients is the right approach. It's incredibly simple and straightforward. Like a lot of the fitness industry, once again, overcomplicates things. They'll sell you a plan that just, I don't know, cut out these foods, eat certain times of the day, whatever it is, when really to eat a healthy balanced diet is actually really straightforward and quite simple. And I love just breaking down all that nonsense and, and making it really easy for people. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that it's, it's telling people that it's just, it's simple. You just, mm. you know, is is not sexy for the fitness industry. It needs to be, there needs to be mm. like secret, like I've got the, I've got the secret. I, I know how to strip that fat and all that, all that stuff that people say in the fitness industry so I feel like they need they need that jargon to kind of set well they they feel like they need it at least to sell themselves so what mm. does um a um what, what what sort of what's your day-to-day -day, um like with the with the nutrition I mean generally do you give a lot of advice to the clients that you have or is it mainly the fitness yeah, it's it's very split, um, probably 50-50. So I, I put a really strong emphasis on nutrition because I love it, but also because I feel that once you find the right path for someone's nutrition, they can just really enjoy the exercise process because that is all just should be fun and enjoyable and challenging your body, you know? Um, so usually I'll get people to start by keeping a food diary in some form in whichever way they feel most comfortable doing that. Uh, then I provide a nutrition plan for them, not a meal plan, might I emphasize, um, of just kind of like, here's what you're that looks like here's the first few steps we're going to take with it and then it's just a constant progression whilst we're working together I'm very fortunate that people tend to work with me for some time which is nice um so I can really kind of get to grips with everything about the nutrition and, and by the time we finish working together they don't need any form of nutrition coaching again because they're probably more clued up than most personal trainers or, or people are because it's yeah, it's empowering you want to empower people with the knowledge so that they don't need anyone's help anymore that's always the goal of a good coach yeah and to make sure that they are actually properly fueling themselves as you mm -hmm. say that's so important because the generic go-to is just re reduce your calories and up your protein type thing yeah. and it's like well I, yeah so it, it's amazing that you get to do that and, and yeah. empowering clients I think is is the is the top thing that I reckon that as a, a personal trainer we should be aiming for anyway yeah absolutely it is it is so so important and it always yeah it confuses me when I people come to me and they've had a coach before but their coach has never really spoken to them about nutrition I'm like that's mm -hmm. such a big part of exercising yes but just of our lives in general you know so if you're not getting the basic needs met there then you're really going to struggle in whatever your fitness goals are so that's kind of what my day-to-day -day looks like with nutrition coaching it's weird I this might be going slightly off topic but I find myself now doing like as much work on social media as I do coaching clients and that's quite weird but quite enjoyable too so it's good fun yeah well, um succeeding in the in the social media side of things and it the, the videos as amy's already said are just great they're just thank you hit the nail on the head and uh yeah Although, it's good as, i, I, as I think you just already, have to sorry sorry carry on i was just gonna say as i've already said though i'm i'm all about the dog michael i'm there <laughs> i'm there for all the videos of the dog and i think everybody would agree yeah, so she is, uh, for anyone listening, not very good for an audio platform, is it? But the dog is currently sleeping next to me. So usually, <laughs> so I do client calls uh, throughout the day and she usually knows when I'm on the phone as well and ramps up the snoring just to get a bit of extra attention. So I'm sure at some point the uh, the snores will be coming through. <laughs> so with the new, as, as you say, 
we do have conversations around nutrition in, in sessions with clients but for me we will generally talk about if I am not qualified to give advice so mm-hmm. I'll offer out information that I have and I'll suggest that maybe if their energy levels are a little bit low maybe mm-hmm. have a look at you know what they're eating how they're fueling a lot of my clients will talk about fasted exercise and mm-hmm. whether it, it works whether it doesn't work and it's it, I think the biggest thing with nutrition is everybody thinks there's one size fits all that is the same with exercise and it's it's not that way at all mm-hmm. and what actually happens is I end up talking a lot about cake and dinner and, <laughs> and you know, like just general foods that we enjoy because that's that's the kind of nutrition that I want to know about the foods that they enjoy but is there anything in particular like you do a lot of myth busting and talking about the crap that's out there what's the thing that you find is a recurring thing that comes up with your clients I think oh god there's so many like the fasted one is really important um and and as you said you t- you kind of nailed it there in saying that there is no one size fits all and that's usually the sign of a great coach you know if you're going to someone who is saying I have all the answers. This is the approach everyone should be taking. You automatically know they're full of crap off the bat, you know? So the good coaches are going to say, right, there is this approach, but it might work for you. It might not, you know? So we need to find that way that works for you. Um, And also just knowing where to put the emphasis as well, because you know, most of the fitness industry is all about weight loss, all about weight loss. And um, like, if someone wants to aim for that, like I'm not gonna try and change their mind, do what is right for you and what you think is right for your body, okay? Um, But off the bat, the fitness industry is like, right, weight loss is the way to improve your health. When in fact, you can actually put the emphasis completely elsewhere and improve your health markers in so many different ways. Especially when someone's come to me and they've had a life of yo-yo dieting, you know, their whole life has been trying to lose weight and they just keep on dropping down and going back up again, dropping down, going back up again. And knowing that we can improve health markers without losing weight, why are you constantly trying to pursue this weight loss goal in an effort to improve your health, you know, move that emphasis somewhere else. Okay, weight loss might happen, it might not, but you're gonna feel 10 times better. So I think off the bat is just kind of changing people's perspectives and um, and hopefully open, opening them up to a slightly different way of thinking around fitness, because as I said, most of the fitness industry is just all about weight loss because it sells, you know, it's, it's sexy. It sounds great. I can help you lose X amount of fat in 10 weeks or whatever. That's a lot easier than saying, oh, we'll work together and do a bit of habit change and uh, I can help you feel a bit better. And like, it's really difficult to measure the approach that I do. So it doesn't sound as sexy, but it works long-term, you know? Mm, that's what you want I think with the education I've, we've spoken about this quite a number of times with um on, on this podcast you know for, for my um qualifications in particular it was very very sort of I mean as it should be goal orientated but it's those smart goals and, and how to make them specific and measurable and and that the go-to is always like weight loss because it is it is measured it's measured by mm obviously the, the number of the scales and the, and the size of the clothes but yeah it's it's it does come down to the education a lot of the time and it's it's I, I have um I did a post on my Instagram the other day actually about um sort of I think it's that time of year when there's a lot of a lot more marketing coming from fitness um industry and it all seems to be very very much sort of generic and sometimes you think are they all gone to the same sort of marketing school? It's, yeah, they've all, definitely, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, but I think PT courses do need to catch up. It, it does feel, I know there's only, there's only so much you can teach people in a three-week, a three-month course, you know. I know the personal training courses are quite short, so I never expect anyone to come out of that kind of feeling completely empowered to teach their clients about everything, you know. But I, I do still feel like this, the fitness industry still it has a lot of work to do to catch up with what is actually beneficial like we're still teaching people about like ectomorph endomorph mesomorph and and god knows what else like like who cares like none of that makes any difference whatsoever like it's i feel like there could be so many different things they put the emphasis on but they don't so then you have these personal trainers coming out and looking at all the other personal trainers selling weight loss and short-term plans and it's just this vicious cycle um so there are there are some great coaches out there there really are some good coaches who are completely kind of breaking the norm and and hopefully shifting the industry in the right direction but still I feel like it's a bit of an uphill battle at the moment still 
And I do think it's hard as well when you come straight out of your qualification, because I think back to when I, as you just said, when, when I finished and I had that attitude of, okay, well, I'm going to do this because people want to change mm-hmm. their bodies. And now I've got a completely different view. And one of my own clients posted on her story. I've, I've been very lucky like you, my clients have retained them for like I'll retain them for years because a lot of them mm-hmm. come just because they want to move their bodies and they enjoy mm-hmm. it and they don't want to do that in a gym setting or they just want to come to my own home gym and she talked about how when she first started training and I did talk to her a little bit about macros and calories and protein mm-hmm. and she never ever wanted to go down that path but mm-hmm. when she trained with me and I would post things like that she started to think about that and then she started to weigh out her food and she started to not allow her uh, partner to cook meals for her because she Mm -hmm. needed to know what was in it and then all of a sudden I think as my attitude changed and I I started to step away from that and actually I was starting to promote you Mm -hmm. know you just listen listen to your own body you do the things that you enjoy and and she totally took a step back and, and now she has the original attitude that she had that was so great with her food. Mm-hmm. And so we're in such an influential position. And to just say to someone, nutrition is simple, is scary for them mm-hmm. because then it's yeah. like, well, trusting myself, how could I possibly trust myself? I need something that looks fancy and shiny and to to make myself accountable for something how do you overcome that with your clients that have been in that diet mentality or they've been in that food rule mentality for such a long time I wish there was like a set path I could tell people to follow (laughs) you know it's different with every person you work with isn't it you kind of almost the easy thing to do and it's it's one of the issues I might have with a lot of the movements within the fitness industry whether it be be like the intuitive eating group or those that fit inside the body positivity group whatever that still people are saying like this is the only approach and this is the way that we have to do it and that's why I don't really sit in any camp you know I'm just sat in this messy middle that sometimes uses tactics from the area of the fitness industry that those groups criticize but then sometimes I'll sit in the other camp and then the other side will criticize me um and And I think it's all about just being open to what feels right for the client and then hopefully trying to shift them into a more healthy, sustainable path. And I know that that might sound a bit wishy-washy, but but I do think it's really important. And and you're right, we're in a privileged position. I I met with a friend recently and um, I won't say exactly what he said, but we were sitting just chatting about fitness and the way that our bodies look, which is a very kind of uh, modern thinking thing for two men to be chatting about. Um, But, and he said that he, his perception of how his body looks and how he feels in his body has completely shifted since watching my videos on Instagram. And that just completely blew my mind because he's quite a masculine man you know um and so so to think that someone who i would think would maybe sit in that kind of gym bro camp is now completely shifting his mindset into something that is like a bit more accepting and a bit more relaxed i think is is amazing and and i think that it's slowly moving like there's not many guys doing what i'm doing on instagram like i never see blokes posting the kind of content that I am creating and it's really frustrating. Like I did a post this morning about commenting on other people's bodies and straight away, it must've gone onto like Jim bro Instagram because I got so many comments. Let me get my phone and read like the first one that popped up. Um, it was about commenting on your friend about how commenting on someone's body size has no benefit at all you know like if you're commenting on someone's weight for example no benefit will come from that all that's going to happen is the opposite happens they actually are going to eat more and and there we go and the first comment that came up was go to the effing gym is what we say and that's all it said underneath you know it's like this is the approach that guys are having most most guys are told like go to the gym lift weights get big that's it that's how you're going to be happy and I think that um the shift is slowly slowly happening but but way too slowly, unfortunately. I can't even remember if I actually answered your question there. I went on a bit of a ramble, but but yeah, it is it is so important. And um, yeah, yeah, there we go. No, no, I mean, <laughs> you, did, you did answer my question. Okay, good. It, it, it is very much like, it's, it's what I always say, it's personal training, it's personal. Mm-hmm. So it should stand that a nutrition approach is exactly the same. It's different for every, every client. 
Um, and that's really interesting about, about your friend and him changing mm. his attitude. I know that from, from little bits you've spoken about your own body image and your own mm. self-confidence and, and you've struggled with that in the past. Mm -hmm. Since you've sort of gone down the nutrition avenue and you've been helping to empower other people, how has that affected your own body image? Do you think it's changed it at all? uh yeah I don't I don't know whether like the educational side of the nutrition courses I've done has actually changed that perception at all because they're still very like theoretical I think more has come from just the people that I've started following and um and and yeah just who I'm viewing mainly on social media and listening to the messaging from others like I'm I'm someone who always wants to try and improve my practice, you know, so I'm always speaking to the clients that I'm that I'm working with saying like, okay, this this post that I did today, like, how does that make you feel? Like, do you think there's anything that I could do to make that post more beneficial for the people that I want to help, you know? Um, I've had some, as I said at the start, I've had some really brilliant um, people that I've worked with who were very honest with my content at the start and I'd post something and they'll be like, oh, actually, that's really unhelpful and this is why. And I, and I like taking that, that approach, um, that that feedback on board. And yeah, I did. I, I, as I said, I was a bit of a gym bro before. I was very image focused. When I was back at school, I got picked on a lot for the way that I looked and that definitely impacted my confidence and the way that I viewed my body. Um, and then kind of going down that usual gym route of strength training and becoming obsessed with getting bigger because that's going to make me happy because I'm going to feel more confident in my body. And then you get to where you want to be and you think, oh, actually, I didn't feel any better because of that, you know? Um, so it's just simply over time of following some amazing people, slowly unpacking all of my devils from when I was younger and, and realizing that, oh, actually I can, I can train hard still because I enjoy that. I still do strength training. I do Ironman triathlon events. Like I love challenging my body, but I'm also now a bit more balanced with it. Like if I'm feeling crap, I'll happily take a day off because I know that my mental health needs it, you know? Um, so yeah, it's difficult. It's just been a long journey, really, um, that I wish I once again had a step-by-step -step guide for people to follow, but, um, but yeah, I don't, sadly. <laughs> I suppose it's, um, you know, it's being open to mm. the possibility that maybe the way that you, you, you know, sort of the gym bro life isn't, isn't the best life in the world. It's mm. not forever. Not, it, it's, it's, and I think this is the thing I think it just depends on on character sometimes and in, in actually being open to the fact that you you don't don't know everything and, and mm. it's not it does you know it doesn't have to be like that and I think um not everyone is is open to sort of because I think a lot of people they base their beliefs is very much aligned with their identity and if you then start questioning people's um beliefs of they make them question their beliefs it gets their back up a lot because they're, they're they feel like their their identities but you know and um and I think that's the thing with a lot of lot of gym bros or a lot of a lot of people yeah, that's so true and I think that's why I get so many comments you know every time yeah. I post like that one I did today like th these guys have been told all of their lives and it's yeah. still being emphasized you know like this will make you healthy this will make you happy and I think when someone from the outside comes and criticizes that or maybe challenges that mm -hmm. belief the first thing they're going to do is they're going to kind of fight back and I used to when I first started getting those comments would kind of argue back a little bit but now I, I always when I get them I either just block it or just kind of step back and think okay I actually just feel a bit sorry for these people yeah now, you know? I, I, it's similar because I get a lot of people um accusing of like promoting obesity and mm -hmm. like I, originally I, I would argue and sometimes I do but it, it's just the most infuriating thing as well, because it's like, I'll show different people in, in different body sizes and it, as part of my marketing for my own business. And it's like, you know, it's that it's that thing is it, what 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 do you want? Do you want people to lose weight? Mm -hmm. And if so, why are you? if you see somebody that's in a larger body working out why 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 are you outraged by that because mm -hmm. what do you want like it, and it, it's just it's crazy frustrating but they they and it's crazy to me that they can't see the logic of it of of you know it, it's not logical what they're saying they're just going with what is fashionable and what what's 
um, acceptable. And it's something yeah. that that is literally from, particularly for men from a younger age, the gym gym bro lifestyle is what is plugged. Like mm-hmm. it's not even you play football, you lift weights. Like they're they're the two things. Mm-hmm. They're the two things. Mm-hmm. And I actually I remember being in university and absolutely disregarding one of like the group of friends because he made the comment that in January he doesn't go to the gym because that's when all the fatties come in after Christmas and they'll be gone by February so the gym will be quiet Mm -hmm. again and he just doesn't want to have to be around them and I was like you know when you've just you've got no words Mm -hmm. And it was just such a testosterone-fueled, narrow-minded attitude. Mm-hmm. But in, in hindsight, now that I'm older, all I do is I feel sorry for him because that was all he thought. It was you had to go to the gym to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if you hadn't been going to the gym before then, then that meant that you were in a fat body, which equaled that you were a lesser person, which is not the truth. And I can only hope that 10 years later, not that I like to think that university was 10 years ago, but 10 years later, (laughs) um, he's grown and he's learned and and now he has children of his own. And and I Mm. hope that he would think that this message, because you think about, okay what if your children grow up to be fat or is does that make them a worse person but I think you are right in in saying that we do see very few men on social media plugging the messages that that you are sending across and I think it's so important that you are out there even from the perspective of there'll be hundreds thousands millions of men that don't lift weights that feel like they're not seen mm-hmm. and it's it's important that you are out there so that they feel that there is someone that they can relate to just on the same level as we talk about men and mental health and how men need to talk and well their mental health is affected by the fact that they're told that the only way that they can exercise is to lift heavy weights mm-hmm. and look like this muscle man so it, it I'm not saying that exercise is the answer to mental health but it works into the mental health if they think that they've got to look a certain way we talk about women having to be skinny and look like the perfect model and but I think there is more and more onus on men now to look a certain way and that completely be so much pressure yeah it, it is and I do see some guys in the space creating this content but you the guys who are usually creating the content around this messaging, you know, is they're usually in larger bodies themselves, which is awesome. But we need people of all shapes and sizes preaching this message too. And I'm always aware that like, like I'm a straight white guy with a bit of muscle, you know, like the fitness industry is made for me. Like this is what we're told you're supposed to want to look like, you know? So I'm also like really aware with the content I create that I'm stepping into a space that doesn't really belong to me so sometimes I I do battle with some of the content that I'm creating wondering if I'm the right person to be saying it but I think it can be really powering empowering when someone who is not part of that space is saying okay the fitness industry we're told this is what we're supposed to look like and that's fine but it doesn't have to look like that in any way you know and I think that that can be really really powerful because yeah we're told that Thor is what we're supposed to look like you know but then we never talk about the fact that Thor has personal trainers private chefs take steroids like all these different things that mean that that body shape is actually just completely unattainable for the everyday person um so yeah we need we need more guys calling this crap out because it's Mm -hmm. it's wild like like Dwayne the Rock Johnson for example he's awesome like I think he's a great guy but he advertises cheat meals and all this kind of nonsense and then he's taking steroids but never speaks about it like these guys can absolutely be um something that motivates you to exercise or stay consistent or whatever but we need to really cool out the nonsense that's behind it and we just never do if someone's in a larger body on a magazine cover they get so much crap when someone's on a magazine cover steroided up to the hilts like no one ever says anything and and why is that like, is that person more healthy than someone who's in a larger body? No, they're probably not. So it's um, 
yeah it's it's so complex yeah. it's really frustrating I think it's I think it's really refreshing you know you said that you know talking about being in a space that's not really meant mm. for, I, I think it absolutely it's meant for, for everyone and and actually you know some people will be more inclined to look to listen to someone that looks like you than someone that looks like me because sometimes depends on the on the people really but sometimes my messaging they can't see past the size of my body um and they can't they can't equate that she's a fitness professional but she's fat or like you know slightly fat and 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 that's kind of what they see whereas if there's somebody that's in a different body that you know as you say that that's that that's thin white straight guy and they say this thing they're like mm, maybe maybe you know but and that's just unfortunately the way that it, it works um mm -hmm. for some people not for everyone and i think that representation matters for and 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 the whole point is is what all of us are trying to make you know clear is that fitness is for everybody and there isn't a one size fits all and so if if somebody sees you know if, if there's a, a a slim white guy that's like well actually I don't know if if this way of life's for me and then he sees you then they're more more likely to listen to you because mm -hmm. they can see themselves in you and then same for me you know so I think that um yeah, it is a space for you. It's a space for, for all of us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It's Yeah, it is. It's it's one of that where I know that it's important that you're creating the messaging, but then also you don't want to take up the space that someone else could be holding there, you know? It's like the Health at Every Size movement that has the, that's had the controversy recently, hasn't it, about the kind of the main spokesperson that shall not be named. I, I just think it has to be done really, really delicately. Oh, and I hope wow. that I'm doing that. Like, I'm sure... I've made mistakes and will probably make more mistakes in the Not future human. but yeah exactly like as long as kind of our hearts are in the right place and we're trying to make the fitness industry a more welcoming and accepting space then uh, that's all we can really do isn't it and I think that's the point as well the fact that you are aware of it like mm. there is there's going to be so many people out there that are just throwing out content and throwing out information and they're not even thinking about what they're saying um, I I had to put a bio together for um, a, a piece on a website and I actually spoke to um, another nutritionist and said, I feel uncomfortable because I want to put that I'm a size inclusive, like health at every size trainer, but then I don't want to put that I'm health at every size because <laughs> then it's, and it's so hard because it's true that you are, but I am not meant for that space mm -hmm. but that space is meant for everybody so it, it's so nuanced and so very and you've got to be careful and I've talked about this before mm -hmm. the fact that I am I am a, a, a straight sized person now I live in a slim body but I was in a fat body so I understand this experience but now I'm living this experience. So when I talk about things, sometimes people will look at me and think, but you can never understand mm -hmm. what I do, but because they're seeing me now, it's, it's, it's such a difficult space to live in. And I think the pressure that you, that you go through when it comes to the way that you look and the way that you speak to people, and, and especially when you, you speak into a bigger audience, and you're overthinking that as well it's just so much but that just goes to show how much of a good trainer and a good nutritionist mm -hmm. and a good person you are the fact that you are thinking about that because as I say there are a lot of people out there who will just say whatever they yeah. think and if anybody speaks out against it they will just again say what they think and yeah. tell them that it is it's it's a space yeah. full of people that is performative uh, a lot of the content people create isn't it because they know they know that it gets likes and I think we also have to respect the fact that like some of the content I'm creating will really resonate with some people and they'll love it other people might watch my content and think oh I hate this guy it's not for me and that's cool as well you know it's all about finding um the messaging that that suits your needs mm -hmm. and and what you're trying to achieve so it's just so complex and as I said we're all going to mess up at some point but our hearts are in the right place I hope <laughs> I think the really good thing is is that we're all very open to mm -hmm. listening to other people and that's kind of where we've got to where we are now is is listening to other people's 
experiences and all all people's experiences you know and and I think it's it shapes you and if you're willing and, and open to listen to people and to take criticism then that's that's only going to make you a better mm -hmm. trainer a better person and I think I think that's the key really yeah, yeah. completely agree it's um yeah, it's, it's, it is a shame that people will jump on the bandwagon. A lot of people that kind of will call themselves body positive or whatever it is. And then the next story is them selling their six weeks weight loss plan. You know, like it's, mm. yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. Mm. From, from your perspective, when you sort of entered this space, how did it affect your mental health in terms of, you know you had these body image issues and then you going into bro mode and thinking that you had to look a certain way mm. I'm assuming that that would have had had an impact on you yeah it does and I, I would say that I'm probably still unpacking a lot of that now you know I'm, I'm still on that journey and I'm not there yet because I still like I really enjoy strength training because I love the challenge of challenging my body but still there's a part of me is like I want to get bigger but then I start thinking like oh well why do I want to get bigger you know is it because I think society will like me more because of that so yeah I, I would say that I'm still kind of on that journey myself and I'm still trying to find a better balance but like we like we've just found out as well that my wife is pregnant you know which is incredibly terrifying Yay. and exciting um and then I think like I want to kind of piece that all together before I have a kid and then I don't impart any of of what society has done to me onto them as well and I never want them to to maybe feel the way that I did growing up about my body you know and maybe that comes from the way that my parents spoke about themselves or the way that my parents spoke about me when I was young you know like it's so it's so fascinating to me how all of this is interlinked and I and I really want to get it right um so yeah I, I would say that I'm still I'm still learning with that um and I don't have any qualms in in admitting that yeah and it it's important to talk about as I say as Kim said it's important that we do talk about these things and open mm. up about them because I think people do think I changed my body I changed my lifestyle and suddenly everything is magically okay <laughs> I've got this wonderful Cinderella prince charm in life and and it's not it's and you're constantly overthinking things you're constantly analyzing things and I'm just going to tell you as a parent only gets worse <laughs> <laughs> that's weirdly reassuring thank you <laughs> you do you do yeah. and you won't get it right all of the time no. but, mm -hmm. but we're not expected to we just try to do things a little bit better and and mm. and it's it's the same as parenting as it is with our clients as it is with our friends as it is with our families mm -hmm. like we just try to be that little bit better and I think mm -hmm. from from my perspective you are doing an amazing job at, at doing that you are bringing the information out there that people need and you are reassuring people that their choices are okay mm -hmm. and and I think that's the scariest thing about nutrition all we are plugged with is this message that your choices you're making are wrong you should be watching what you eat you should be tracking what you eat you should be you know burning off your food you should be only having certain carbohydrates and only mm -hmm. having certain fats and there's all of these rules and regulations that just make our self-belief and self-confidence in our own choices smaller and smaller and smaller mm -hmm. and smaller and smaller and what we actually need is someone to say to us well no you don't have to eat kale if you don't like kale mm -hmm. and you are allowed to eat past 7 p.m and it's not that people need that permission it's the reassurance yeah. because I think it's very easy to sit there and say carbs aren't bad stop listening to people who say carbs aren't bad great that's great information but that's not going to change my mind in one mm -hmm. message but you, what you're doing is these short sharp little bits of information and they make them in such an entertaining hilarious sometimes way that people actually will go oh yeah okay I, I understand mm -hmm. that and I get that and I'm going to listen to that because maybe that's going to make my life better than sitting here and thinking about 
that sandwich that I want, but worrying at the fact that I had toast for breakfast and I can't have bread twice in one day because, oh my gosh, how terrible. <laughs> I love it. And I, I'm, I'm just going to come chat to you two every time I'm having a down day because this is making me feel great. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you asked me earlier actually like how my approach has changed. And I think you, you've actually just kind of like jogged my mind in thinking I was a lot more, uh, I felt like everything had to be perfect all the time. You know, like I had a set plan and that's what I had to do. And I was only succeeding if I was sticking to that. And I think the longer I've been a coach, the longer I've been training myself, it's never, ever going to be perfect. And I think that once you accept that, you get a lot more longevity in whatever you want to achieve. So like your food will never be perfect. Your exercise routine will never be perfect. And both of those should slot around your lifestyle rather than dictating what your lifestyle should be, you know? So let's say that work has got really busy. It's okay to cut down to one or two workouts a week instead of your usual three or four. It's okay to get a few takeaways throughout the week because you've got no time to cook, you know? And I think that once we start normalizing all this really, actually normal behavior that humans have to do in modern society it makes people feel a lot more relaxed and they can stick to their plans much longer and have a lot more success so yeah that is really important and thank you for jogging my mind with that <laughs> <laughs> I think this, I think this is the thing I think as soon as people are told that you know this what they're eating is wrong what their lifestyle is wrong like it filters down to okay well then my body's wrong and then mm -hmm. I'm wrong and it does have and, and again I've talked about this before um, on the podcast but the relationship that people have with their food is 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 huge because it impacts everything it impacts mm -hmm. their sleep uh, you know how they feel about themselves their energy and it you know and as soon as you're told well, that's wrong that's right it it just it does then just has an effect and like a sort of a ripple effect on the rest mm -hmm. of, of your life really and that's really yeah. underestimated, I feel. Um, yeah, I think you're completely right there. You are completely right. And I think, yeah, as we said, if you can, if we can reassure people that there is no right way, <laughs> it's amazing how much that changes your perception of what exercise and nutrition needs to be. You know, it, it can be, they can be really scary, especially when you first start off and you don't know where to turn, you know, when you Google healthy exercise routine or whatever, the first thing that's going to come up is like all these weight loss ads and God knows what. And it's, it's really difficult to break through the noise. So that's why I love just like creating really simple, straightforward, catchy ways of simplifying nutrition, you know, like it, it doesn't need to be difficult. And um, yeah, I think it's getting there. I don't know. We still have a lot of doctors, don't we, selling books on fasting and keto and all that kind of nonsense. So yeah. I'm not there yet, but it's, I like to think it's improving saying that you go on TikTok and it's getting worse so who knows yeah I think I think you can look at it both ways because sometimes I think it's getting worse and then sometimes I think oh no it's getting better because look at all of these amazing trainers but you do surround yourself with people that are like so it's hard to really yeah. tell when you're in this space isn't it I wanted to ask is there anything that when you've gone through all of you you're studying and, and you've learned is there anything in particular that you found out that really kind of surprised you or something you found really interesting that you were like, oh, everyone should know about this? Or that's probably quite a deep, deep question to ask you so quickly. Yeah. But I'm trying to think what it is. I... Yeah, there is. So, so a lot of the work that the courses that I've gone down is more kind of performance nutrition. So it's very much geared around exercise. And a lot of people that do those courses want to go and work with people who are kind of quite high level athletes. Um, like a lot of people that from my course were applying for jobs within like, like Premier League football teams and athletics and stuff. Um, and I don't think it's widely known how disordered and unhealthy a lot of the exercise and especially nutrition regimes of professional athletes actually are you know we're idolizing these people and we're saying like oh these are the, like this is the epitome of health and fitness but then you analyze what they're doing with their nutrition and it's like incredibly disordered so I work with a few performance athletes like I'm currently working with the two para-alpine skiers who are hopefully going to be going to the the next winter olympics and um i always like to have this discussion when i work with an athlete of saying right this is what you need to do for your sport with your nutrition but i really want to emphasize that this is not healthy in any way you know it's really over restrictive and i want you to know what, what is over restrictive about it so that when you're no longer an athlete this is hopefully how you're going to transition into a normal way of eating because the amount of eating disorders and disordered eating patterns amongst professional athletes is huge. Like it is rife. Um, and it's just, 
never spoken about like you never hear about these athletes and their and their horrendous eating regime so so I think that was one thing that really surprised me and there was we had a module on um, kind of eating disorders and disordered eating patterns within athletes with males and females and um, it's terrifying some of the statistics I wish I had them to hand but the amount of people who are kind of the top of their game and have an eating disorder is scary is it absolutely necessary to and this is going to be a very controversial question and an answer, I'd imagine. Mm. I is think I know what you're going to ask as well. Sorry, for people, for athletes to go to that level of extremes. I, to some extent, I think, yes. Yeah, I, I don't think you can ever have um, kind of high performance sport and a healthy lifestyle in yeah. the same sphere, unfortunately. Um, and you just hope that those the people that they're working with are relaying that to the people that they're working with, you know? Um, like I think for you to be the kind of 0.01% of your sport, you have to go above and beyond. And, and those um, habits that you have to adopt, are, yeah, they're usually not normal. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually do think you, you sadly do have to accept that it kind of comes with the territory, unfortunately. Yeah. And it is terrifying because you've got to think that these people who are idolised as like the epitome of health, mm. they're actually really damaging them yeah. themselves. I don't think it has to be as bad, though, as some of them accept it to be. I think yeah. that's one thing that should be emphasised. So like I've worked with athletes who have um, like a lot of female athletes who haven't had a period for like six to nine months, you know, and um, like that should not be accepted. Like it doesn't have to yeah. be like that. You might have some slightly disordered eating habits when it gets closer to an event. So you optimize things. But I don't think your health has to really suffer like some athletes allow it to get to. Um, so I think there, there definitely is a balance to be had there. Um, and unfortunately, it's like, especially within athletics and stuff, it's just accepted like, oh, you'll lose your period. It's fine. You're on low calories. It's just what happens. And it, it just shouldn't it shouldn't be normalized as much as it is. Yeah, it's funny. I've got I've got a cousin who does triathletes. I've actually got two cousins who do triathletes, mm -hmm. but they're at opposite ends of the spectrum. So mm -hmm. one is he's in a fat body and he just he does it for fun. My other cousin, she is um she does triathlons in New Zealand. She's got sponsorship, she's really heavily into it. Um, and she had a little girl in December and they struggled to get pregnant because she found out she had reds because before she had um, a nutrition coach or anyone, she was just doing what she thought was right. And she was completely under eating. She wasn't eating mm -hmm. the right things to fuel herself properly. And she was doing all of this training outside her job, full-time job as a teacher. Mm -hmm. So to, to suddenly, she just said her eyes were completely opened and she didn't realize how bad she mm -hmm. had become until someone else took a look at her nutrition and made her second guess herself and think actually yeah I'm, I'm doing like full day at work then I'm doing an evening of training and then I'm competing and I'm just eating bog standard like three meals a day and I'm having mm -hmm. salads like yeah. and I think sometimes it is just that you think that what you're doing is right but actually mm -hmm. it's not but it can quite quickly become disordered and, and bad habits and without you even knowing it yeah and it's scary how young that is happening to athletes now as well like I've had quite a few athletes who I've worked with who are still in like school school age people you know and they're coming to you um it's really not in a healthy way and they think that they have to really over restrict to keep their body small to be really good at their sport and it just doesn't have to be like that at all um so yeah it, it's it's it is quite scary actually if you're just doing triathlons and sport and stuff for fun like you can absolutely do that in a really nice healthy sustainable way you know but I think when, once you get to that kind of really kind of top one percent or whatever of the sport it does become a bit more challenging but it doesn't have to be as bad as, as some let it get to mm -hmm. yeah oh Michael it's been so fascinating talking to you I do have one final thing last year I need you to tell me how good on a nutritional basis haggis really is because you live in Scotland <laughs> and like why are we in haggis and offal and all of these I I would definitely not put it within the health food category <laughs> uh, let's put it that way but saying that though have you ever had vegan haggis oh it's amazing it's honestly really good so I like it can be 
I won't maybe say as good. I might insult all the Scottish people if I say that, but it can be close to as good as normal haggis and it, it can be brilliant. So I would recommend everyone listening, if haggis kind of weirds you out, which when you think about it, it weirds me out too. Um, <laughs> try try vegan haggis, it is, it's delicious, it's amazing. Well, it, yeah, it probably weirds me out less than real haggis and, you know, but I suppose moving to Scotland, you had to kind of indoctrinate yourself with the local. Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff they do up here is wild. It's great. Like, I love Scotland. I was only supposed to be here for like a year whilst my my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, was working for the university. Um, and yeah, we've been here. She's lived here now for like 13, 14 years. And like, we definitely consider this place home. And the Scottish people are awesome. Um and yeah, they seem to accept me despite my kind of posh Southern accent, um, you know, that I've, I've not been thrown out yet. I, I absolutely love Edinburgh. And we just saw a video the other day of somewhere that does a, um, what was it? Like a hash brown wrapped sausage. I was like, why Why does Scotland be deep frying everything and it's got a sausage <laughs> Honestly, like some of the places, some of the stuff they deep fry is wild. Like you get deep fried pizza as well. Like you can, wow. yeah, 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 you can get anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously the best place to fuel up after a really good work. Apparently so. I've, do you know, I've never quite come round to Iron Brew. And when I tell a Scottish person that I don't like Iron Brew, that's, that's the closest I've come to being thrown out. I think they just, <laughs> they absolutely love it up here. I just, I don't get it. Crazy. Yeah. One day, maybe they'll bring out like a, a flavor range of iron brew or something. Nice. <laughs> oh, Michael, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing speaking to you. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been good fun. And oh, thank you. And congratulations. Yeah, again. congratulations and good thank luck. You. Thank you very much. Yeah, due date February 25th is the oh. due date. So it's um it really doesn't feel like that long away, actually, which is um it's really now it's September. Yeah, yeah. So no, thank you. I appreciate it. And give give your wife all the luck and the love in the world from us as well. Can't wait to see when baby arrives. I will do. Thank you. I don't know how the dog's gonna be with it, but we'll we'll fine. report back. She'll be fine. Fine, she'll, be, she'll <laughs> love it. She'll love it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Michael. Cheers, guys. Thank you.